What's your problem? What is your solution? This is an interview series about solutions for people and planet. Millions of people suffer from pain, fatigue and chronic disease. Often, modern medicine has not more to offer than treating the symptoms with drugs that may have negative side effects. The good news is that our bodies want to heal. We only need to follow a better program of diet and exercise to achieve remarkable self-healing. Jacob Teitelbaum is a medical doctor, also known as Dr. T, who has pioneered integrative medicine for decades. His book, From Fatigued to Fantastic, has been a complementary medicine bestseller for many years. Teitelbaum's mission is to help his patients and the reader of his books to treat themselves on their way to better health. Welcome to Camp Solutions. You have been on the forefront of, of complementary medicine for, for really many years, decades. You were trained as a regular MD, if you like. So what made you sort of leave uh, mainstream medicine, if I may put it like that, and then start your own journey into uh, yeah, more complementary treatments? Well, I haven't left mainstream medicine. I've simply added it as one tool in a much larger toolkit um, and recognize its strengths and its weaknesses. Uh, I happened to me the way it happens to so many of us is I found myself on the other side of the white coat. Uh, I came down with a nasty viral syndrome uh, when I was in medical school and had post-viral chronic fatigue syndrome. I had a dropout of medical school. And since I was paying my own way, uh, I was homeless, sleeping in parks and that was the context that the universe gave. Basically, my life was crushed and over as I knew it. My whole life had been geared to being a healer, which in those days meant being a doctor. Mm -hmm. um, and it's like the universe put a holistic homeless medical school sign on my park bench. Uh, naturopaths came by. I didn't know, even know there was such a thing. Herbalists, energy uh, healers. And each of them taught me bits and pieces of what I needed to learn to recover. Um, I was able to go back to medical school, got my honors in medicine, um, and have spent the almost 50 years now, it's been 1975 is when I was, uh, that happened to me, uh, focusing on alternative medicine uh, and oh, really just focusing on the research, what really works. Because mm -hmm. what really works and what the media tells us really works, not the same animal. You know? No, I'm, I'm sure that's true. And so, I mean, uh, you, you rightly said it. You know, there will be probably moments that you're very happy to prescribe a patient uh, antibiotics because at that very moment, that's the best thing there is. Mm -hmm. Crisis situation. Um, but, it, on a, on a, you know, and this is maybe hard to quantify, but if you see 100 patients... How many of those people do you prescribe mainstream medicine to? And how many of them really are treated in different ways through supplements, whatever diet, whatever that may be, but, but not with pills from well, the pharmaceutical yeah. industry? Here's the thing. Because I deal with some of the sickest, most complex people in medicine, uh, these are people with multi-system failure that are uh, often bedbound or at least walking wounded. They can maybe work, but not much beyond that uh, in dealing with chronic fatigue syndrome and fibromyalgia. I will recommend medications for probably over 90%. Mm -hmm. um, and I will recommend natural things for 100%. It's mm -hmm. mixed because they, they need a comprehensive program to recover. There's no 
single magic bullet. Uh, overall, I would say about two thirds of what I recommend will be natural and about one third will be prescription, although it might be a little less prescription than that. So, and ultimately, what would you say from, you know, the way you do all this? And of course, I've read that in your book too, from fatigued to fantastic. Um, that, you know, you get to a situation where these people are actually healed, like you were healed at some point in, in, in your youth, right? So you don't need medicine anymore. In other words, here's the thing that I find with people. Uh, once they're feeling back to healthy for nine months, I pop the question, which is, um, are you ready to wean off of treatments? Because in our published double-blind placebo-controlled study, most people at two years, they were an average of 90% better than when they started and have been able to wean off most of the treatments. And it's, it's about half and half. It's almost like the political thing where everybody is a 50-50 divide. But half of people will say, oh, good, what can I get rid of now? And the other half are the only way you're getting any of these treatments away from me is out of my cold, dead fingers. So it's just... And, and either way is okay for people. But here's the thing. Um, it's important to recognize that these illnesses, most illnesses, are not the enemy. They are part of our body's warning system, kind of like the dashboard on our car that has oil lights, overheating lights, you know, the REMs, all those things that kind of tell us how things are going and where what needs attention. You know, something that says you're running off the road, you need to get back to where you're going. And chronic fatigue syndrome does that. Mm -hmm. um, it's an energy crisis. It's a very real physical process, just like cancer or anything else. But it tells us when we are losing our, our path, when we're starting to spend energy on things we think we should do instead of following our own authenticity in what we do. So at some point in the process, the difficult question that people need to tackle is how did this illness serve you? And that's usually about nine months in, 12 months in, where people are getting well enough. Because I start with dealing with the physical use of the biochemical aspects. Um, but how did it serve you? Because if you go back to what made you sick in the first place, you know, I'll see it with people. I was great. I was feeling so fantastic. I was healthy. And the truck hit me. Always the other the trucker's fault. Um, and because they didn't make the changes that the illness was saying, hey, pay attention here. So... We talk about the biochemistry with the SHINE protocol, which is our way of optimizing energy production so fibromyalgia and chronic fatigue syndrome go away, and also so people feel fantastic and have great vitality. But And then there's the structural things like, you know, a chiropractic massage, things to release the muscles. Um, but And then there's the bio, biophysics of it and then the mind-body spirit. Uh, if you learn the lesson of the disease, you will stay healthy. And for not just that, you will be much happier because um, what I find is that authenticity, joy, and bliss all go together. So, so, but what could be a lesson of the disease? So can you give me an example of, of just, what do you, what are you uh, thinking about? If you say the, the disease is basically giving you, teaching you a lesson to, to tell you, you know, to change your life in a way. So what, what is a good example of that? Well, let's look at pain. We yeah. treat pain like an outside invader, um, but it's not. It is like the oil light on the car's dashboard saying it needs something. The medical approach would be to put a Band-Aid over the oil light, and those Band-Aids called yeah, NSAIDs, arthritis yeah. <laughs> medicines, kill about 50,000 Americans yearly. Mm -hmm. uh, but that's not discussed 
because they're big advertisers. So that doesn't, we ignore that research. We won't see anything. Um, but let's take a look at, uh, at migraines, for example, migraine headaches. Uh, it's a low energy thing. If you give your, the person vitamin B2, 400 milligrams a day and magnesium, um, you're going to find that the 66, 67% of the migraines go away. And so basically, many of these things, many things of pain are saying that your body needs something. So it needs more energy producing nutrients, for example. Um, most muscle pain um, comes from low energy in the muscles. Muscles are like a spring. It takes more energy to stretch the spring. If it doesn't have energy, the muscles go in the shortened position. That's why after a heavy workout, you don't come home and say, honey, my muscles are all loose and limp. You say they're all tight. Um, so your body may be saying we need to stretch. Your body may be saying you need to get better diet. Your body may be saying that you're, you know, if you're getting hangry, irritable and hungry, that means that your stress handlers, your adrenal glands are exhausted. It needs adrenal support. All these are easy to do, but you just need to give your body what you need. So our holistic model for treating pain, yes, you can give pain medications, pain herbals, all these things are all well and good, but put oil in the car and the oil light goes out give your body the nutrients and other support it needs. What we find in our research is that the pain goes away. And then, yeah. uh, you know, there's a reason why some people are called a pain in the back or even lower. Mm -hmm. There are certain emotional, uh, even sometimes relationship things where people have to set boundaries and be able to say no to avoid having pain. But yeah. four domains, biochemical, biophysics, structure, and then mind, body, spirit. Those so, are the four key domains of healing. What do you say to a patient? I mean, the patient comes to you with pain or whatever the issue is, and one of the you know one of the your solutions is well, uh, now that I'm here, you say uh, what you're what you're eating on a daily basis. You really need to change your diet, and 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 I want you to eat whatever organic, healthy food and fresh vegetables and you know, whatever you say. And then that person will say, the patient will say, yeah, but that's great. But, you know, that's maybe cost me twice as much. So what do you say to that person? So basically, first thing I'm going to do is get them pain-free. So there are herbals. There's a mix called curamin, C-U-R-A-M-I-N. And then there's end pain. There's topical comfrey. Uh, there's the hemp oils. There, and, and even the medications. I'm not against medications to get people pain-free. First, to get the person pain-free. And even at the same first visit, uh, for depending on the kind of pain, and muscle pain is the most common pain, the acronym SHINE, you optimize that, energy increases, the pain releases. So I'm going to get them sleeping. S is for sleep. And the average night sleep in the United States until light bulbs were invented was nine hours a night, just to give perspective. Um, so get them sleeping. If they can't sleep, give them herbals, uh, revitalizing sleep formula, terrific, ZZZZ, get them sleeping. Um, hormones. Uh, the blood tests will miss most people who need hormonal support. Uh, understand uh, the blood test normal range just says that you're not in the highest or lowest 2% of the population. It's called two standard deviations. A normal range for shoe sizes is 5 to 13. So if you had a size 6 shoe and you'd go to most American doctors, they would say there's no problem. It's in the normal range, which is absurd. Mm -hmm. Um so low thyroid, tired, achy, weight gain, cold, intolerant, people need thyroid. Uh, irritable when hungry, 
called hangry. People need adrenal support because uh, they keep getting low blood sugar and that keeps throwing the muscles into spasm. Um, so I will give Adrenoplex, very nice, simple thing for that. So I, I march through the different things, infections. I look for candida with secondary sinusitis and irritable bowel syndrome, most common. Nutritional support. I recognize that unless people are spending 24 hours a day shopping and cooking, it's hard to get everything you need out of a, the American diet. It's called Standard American Diet, or SAD, for good reason. That's a good acronym. Um, half of the vitamins and minerals have been lost in food processing. Half. This is the first time in human history where people are both obese and malnourished at the same time. Um, so I find the easy thing to do, there's a vitamin powder called the Energy Revitalization System. That's worth writing that down, um, where one drink replaces literally 50 tablets. You're going to have 50 key nutrients at optimal levels. Uh, pretty much everything you should be getting from food except for calories. It'll have the amino acids, have the, uh, the uh, cofactors, it'll have the vitamins and minerals. Uh, it's pretty complete. So, and it's not expensive. So for 50 cents a day, you can do one half scoop um, uh, or, or 60 cents a day. Or, and really, for most people trying to get what's in the one drink, uh, it would take most people over 50 pills. Experts might be able to get it in 50 pills. So you start with the basics. You have something very easy. And, you know, then from there, uh, there are dozens of other nutrients I may give to increase energy, but start with the foundation. The foundation's not classy and funny and, and you know, uh, fashionable and all these kind of you know, things. We, most of what's advertised to us is not the foundation for health, because that's cheap. It's the newest frilly thing, which may withstand the test of time or not. So start with the basics, good nutritional support, and then exercise as able. Um, in fibromyalgia, that may not be much. Otherwise, people get wiped out for three days. So I'm going to start with these things for the pain. Um, but again, you know, for eating, I tell people eat what makes them feel good, but eat whole foods. You know, and cut back the sugar and increase salt, oddly enough, for most people in the, in the U.S. Um, but the sugar is the main culprit in terms of the food processing. Um, but, you know, eat foods that are whole foods that feel good. You know, we, it's crazy. We are in a puritanical society where we're taught that anything that's enjoyable is bad for you. Can you get how insane that is? Mm -hmm. um, no matter how we came about to be, if you think some divine loving father created us and then put us here and made it so that everything that tastes good is bad for us. What kind of insane monster would do that? That's nuts. Or evolutionarily, evolutionarily things that taste good are going to be good for you. And the reason we get the problems, the food industry fools us with the processing. So as long as you're eating whole foods, foods that come are close to the earth from the way they came. And I used to teach the third grade nutrition class every year in my local town when I lived in Annapolis. And it was food is food and junk is junk. You look at the ingredients. If you can't read it, don't eat it. By the time you're getting polysyllabic chemical names that are filling the thing, that's not food. If it has apples, water, you know, as the <laughs> ingredients, so fine, you know. Uh, but the, so once you're eating whole foods, eat what makes you feel good. Eat what tastes good. Yeah. but keep the sugar down. So the SHINE acronym is very good for vitality in general. I, are you getting enough sleep? 
if not not just pain, you're going to be prone to more uh, Alzheimer's, more dementia, other things. I mean, disease after disease, hormones, low thyroid. It's not just pain. It's also obesity. It's going to be uh, increased risk of Alzheimer's disease, uh, increased risk of heart attacks, strokes. You know, so I can go through each of these things. And each of these things, if you look at sleep, hormones, infections, nutrition, exercise, or immunity with infections, you're going to get the core for most people of physically what they need to avoid, uh, to have their body stay healthy and, and vitality, to give a terrain where the infection doesn't have a chance to take root and cause problems, you know, to balance inflammation. Uh, because if you have a, a healthy diet, your inflammation is going to be balanced. So the answer that's the short answer is yes mm -hmm. but the other thing too is that beyond the physical things of shine there's the are you do, living a life that's authentic does it feel good or are you doing what you think you should do um which won't feel good and your body will keep bringing you around to authenticity which one can summarize as following your bliss it doesn't mean being responsible unless it feels good to do so but if if you know, what you call being responsible is sucking your soul dry. No. Once it starts feeling bad and feeling bad enough that it makes you sick, it's time to reassess. You may have outgrown. I mean, my definition of burnout is when your soul grows too big for the role you're playing. And if you don't notice when that's happening and start to shift and grow to the next thing, your body will call you on it. Is, is that why? You know, there are these miraculous stories of miraculous healings, like, like people have cancer and then they're told, well, you have whatever, so many months to live. And suddenly, you know, they, they, they thrive again. They just completely heal. Yes. And nobody can explain that. But would you say, well, they have found some, somehow their way to, back to authenticity? Or is, is that... That is a big piece of it. We are much more than just a having uh, medication deficiencies. Illness is much bigger. And medicine, when you have these people who did recover, oh, they never had the disease. They were crazy in the first place. It's, it's this. So, you know, it's, it's kind of like um, one of my old mentors, Shana Travell, once said, first see what's going on and, and then try to explain it. But in our current society, and especially in medicine, if you don't understand it, it can't exist, yeah. which is you're never going to see anything new. No. Um, but the body is much more fluid. And, and as we see in cases where things can turn around, you'll see studies where uh, even giving Pepsid medications like that, Atagamet, studies either shrank or took off dramatically, depending on what kind of cancer the person had in the setting, from Tagamet, Dijoxin. Uh, studies show the same thing. It's just, the, and these are very quick movements in the cancer. We think of cancer as set in stone and arthritis is set in stone. No, it isn't. These are very fluid dynamics that can change in, in just a moment. Yeah. It, again, it's dogma. Uh, we stopped using science as the basis of medicine around the 1930s as the pharmaceutical industry grew. And they're good people. Again, I love them. They're, they're sweet people, but they have... Taken, they have effectively used their financial power to control the flow of information. What we think is science in medicine is not science. It has been described by past New England Journal Medi uh, Medicine editor as slick advertising masquerading as science. 
uh, medicine in the United States today is scientism. It is basically uh, PR companies selling drugs and, and medical supplies, uh, where the research shows something very different. It shows that these tools can be very helpful, um, but only about 2% to 5% of new, new approved medications are improvements. But why are they pushed? Because they're more profitable and expensive. If you were to, to, to I mean, if they would invite you to be health secretary of the United States for, for a while, and, and, and what, how would you try to reform this system into a, a way that it actually supports the people rather than it just keeps them going with medicine? Um, number one, we are, there are only two countries in the world that allow direct-to-consumer advertising of drugs, the United States and New Zealand. There's a reason for that. Because the advertised uh, drug advertising is probably the third biggest source of revenue for the media, and uh, that's funny. I know that I know mag publishers. They would tell me that when magazine when they would get advertisements from the drug companies, the contract would include statements that you'll have nothing positive about natural remedies in this issue or within ten pages of the ad. That was part of the contract they had assigned to get the pharmaceutical company advertisement. So I would. Eliminate direct-to-consumer advertising. Uh, number two, I would balance the power. Right now, about $10 billion, uh, in campaign contributions comes from large donors uh, each cycle uh, and $4 billion from small donors, which means that two-thirds of the time that our politicians spent is spent sucking up to rich people and companies to get bribes, so we call campaign contributions. I would make as part of our vote Every person has $100 and that, uh, uh, credit that they can apply to the, to the politician of their choice. No, no parties, no organizations has to go to individual politicians. So they would go online, they'd go to you know, reformgovernment.gov, or you go to oneminutefix.org if you want to see what this is and see a petition. And you would say, they would ask, who do you want to give it to today? You have $87 left for 2021. I say, okay, I want to give it to Tulsi Gabbard, or I want to give it to this politician or whoever. And you give as much as you want to. And that way, if everybody did that, it would be $20 billion in uh, can, contributions of less than 100, but if have to, that will balance out big money. Then at least the politicians have the possibility of working for you. So I would be able as king of Congress to tell them number. So next, it should be legal to discuss research about natural therapies. It is currently illegal in this country to even discuss research by anybody. Is, explain, what is illegal? Say that again. If, if, if somebody, if a company is selling a product, and they have on their website, this study showed that this product helps cancer. Yeah. They will get closed down. It is illegal. So, so your example that the product you like a lot, and I know is curcumin, mm -hmm. they cannot say it, it helps pain. On a, on, a web, on a website where they are selling it, they cannot discuss the research. Huh. It's as if the drug companies could not advertise anything. Well, that, so, I was going to say, we know that the drug companies are able to do that. Because they pay the $400 to million to $2.2 billion governmental entry fee that allows them to do so. <laughs> Without paying that, no matter how good the research is, yeah. it will be described as unproven. But, but there's a stack of studies. Nobody paid us a $400 million regulatory fee. It is unproven. You cannot discuss it if, um, alongside sales of the product, which means it is 
effectively, you can't effectively get the information out for anything that's natural or anything that's generic and cheap. Now, you saw the attacks on any medications with COVID, Luvox, um, and, and third uh, large study, a massive double-blind placebo-controlled study, retrospective uh, prospective study, 1,500 people, showed that Luvox decreases the death rate, I think it was on the order of about 40% in COVID, cost a few dollars, quite benign and safe. It's generic. It's nobody's advertising it because it's too cheap and it's generic. Anybody can make it. And maybe the media had on page 80, you know, a little thing. We're on the front door, on the front page, companies like Remdesivir that advertise heavily, you know, they get a 20% decrease in mortality and the gates of heaven open, we're saved. But, you know, it's just, I'm sorry, as I said before, you know, the, the direct consumer advertising has basically co-opted the media. And I would eliminate, I would say that any politician who takes more than $5,000 in uh, campaign contributions, bribes, whatever you'll call them from that industry, just like a judge has to excuse themselves from ruling on a case if they're the company they own stock in, or if it's their child who's charged with something, they have to excuse themselves from ruling on that case. In the same way, Congress, uh, uh, senators and Congress people should have to excuse themselves from voting on any bill where they received more than $5,000 or $10,000 from that industry yeah. for the year. Isn't also the problem that we need to come back to people, you know, of educating doctors in a, in a holistic, systemic way, you know, to really be able to, to, to be successful in treating you know, people? <laughs> oh, there's no money in that. <laughs> Why, <not? laughs> Why is there no money? Because there's no single expensive drug or medical product for a generalized situation. Back, uh, one of my favorite teachers was Buckminster Fuller. And he talked about, uh, and he's the one who, the reason why my, when I came time to specialize, I specialized, it was a conscious choice in being a generalist and to get the broad view of things. And I'm a science geek. I just, I, it's funny. I mean, you know, I, if you ask me names of sports players or cars, I can't recognize a car. You ask, what is that? It's blue. I don't know. Yeah. All these things that most people, instead, I just, I will spend hours going through the scientific literature and tearing it apart to see what it shows. Yeah. Uh, I knew God loves me because the most beautiful woman in the world to me happened to have a thing for science geeks and she married me. So it's, I, yeah, I, yeah. I know life is good, uh, but I'm a science geek and that's kind of what I go with. But uh, you can't find people who are generalists, but, we have set up the system to pay very well for specialization and procedures and to pay barely with the person's overhead for actually listening and being present with people as the generalist would do. It's more machine, machine, right, right a bunch of pills, right surgery, right labs, all these things that are paid for by the insurance industry. Another change that I would make um, in the healthcare system is that the health insurance, uh, one quarter of what you pay goes into a medical savings account where the person controls where it is spent yeah. and whatever's left over rolls over year to year or could even be inherited. And this way, when the doctor said, I want to do this most expensive medicine that this really good looking drug rep came and sat on my lap and knows exactly to the dollar how much I'm prescribing, uh, it'll be 25,000 a year. And as long as it's free, the person's going to be going, sure, I want the most expensive thing. Uh, 
where, but it may not be the best thing, and it certainly is more likely to be the most toxic thing and kill you. Um, yeah. Or, but if you're paying your own, if you have to pay that 25000 over your health savings account, you're going to be asking, well, is there something maybe cheaper that works as well? Oh, well, well, this metformin is, works five times as well, and it costs 10 cents a day and is safe. Um, yeah. You know, you're going to start asking those questions and making those decisions. Now, right now, we have a system where everything seems free uh, and where they can charge whatever they want. And government has even said that, well, we have to pay whatever the drug companies say. Medicare cannot negotiate. Every other country in the world sits with the drug companies and says, you're going to charge that. We are not going to allow it. Uh, you're in the same class of medicine. You're going to give us 95% discount. We'll do that one. And they negotiate it down. And the, the insurance companies do that. But everybody but the U.S. government and the largest purchaser of healthcare in the world is not allowed by Congress to do that, telling you who owns Congress. Or we can't possibly negotiate things because they film some BS. Um, so it's, it's so why are people not generalists? Because that's not where the money is. So you've been doing this for a few years, as you mentioned. 50 years ago, you were in medical school. So um, what about retirement? Here's how I define retirement. When you're no longer doing things because of the money, mm -hmm. you're doing it because you love doing it. I've kind of been doing that in my life. So for me, there's a stop and have nothing to do that I enjoy. Why would I do that? Yeah. On the other hand, over time, um, I will probably shift from uh, seeing patients and having a, a busy practice kind of a thing to focus on healing the institutions of the country. And we don't do that by attacking them. Again, I have never seen one of these institutions where the pe where it wasn't full of really, really, really good people. No. The institution has become corrupted and rotting. They've, they've lost sight of what's driving it, but the people are good. Yeah, and good point. Yeah. If we can go ahead and Congress can give the authority uh, for people who really serve the public. And there are a few politicians that actually are about service. Uh, they tend to lose the elections to people who are about taking money from industry and then supporting industry over people. Yeah. That's going to change because it's we're, it's becoming bankrupt and there's no way to keep supporting that. Yeah. Um, so in time, that will change. And then to find people within these organizations not to attack the organizations, but to find people within and put them and people in places of power with a metric for continuing their being service to the public rather than service to industry. So there, we will need to create. And the One Minute Fix, which if you go to oneminutefix.org, it gives a simple program to get started on that. Well, thank, thank you, Jacob. It's a pleasure to, to be with you and to uh, learn from you. Likewise. Uh, spread the story. I appreciate it. Always a pleasure. Be well. All right. Be well. And thank you so much. Chronic illness can be overcome. True healing requires more than prescription drugs. As a medical doctor, Jacob Teitelbaum is showing the effectiveness of a holistic approach to health. As he says, get ready to feel great. This was Camp Solutions. See you again soon.